1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers lose to Malmo in Champions League qualifying But Stephen Davis's late strike keeps the tie in the balance Joe Hart could be in line for his Celtic debut in Europe tomorrow night And both sides could be set for capacity crowds for next week's qualifiers I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Gary Caldwell and Andy Halliday Quite the week, Andy Halliday, what's happening? Yeah, lots happening. Um, obviously, a good start for ourselves at the at the weekend. Uh, plenty of talking points on here. I've heard over the last. Oh, of course, or so I, hours. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, brilliant as well. It's another good week we're going into. It's five Scottish clubs in, in European competition with four of them competing tomorrow night. So yeah, looking forward to the game tomorrow. Is that why you've got your shin pads on under there, Gary Caldwell? I wondered what <laughs> why you had come dressed for the occasion. I was wondering why you were hiding under the desk actually. Hatchet man, honestly. Yeah. What are we gonna do with him? Hugh Keevens was ripping him apart on Monday night. He was got he was at home in tears listening uh, to Hugh Keevens saying he should have been sent off. I don't think I'm somebody to criticise tackles for, <laughs> for some of the tackles I put in, but it's football. Sometimes a contact game, uh, and sometimes I think they always look a lot worse uh, in replay than they actually are don't, at real don't, speed. That's not what he was saying to me before you arrived. Don't don't listen to him. He's absolutely at it. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's. Um, <laughs> For me, football's a contact sport. I was really, to be honest, I was really shocked at the the sort of circus, shall I say, around it and the amount of people that are really, really adamant it was a red card. Uh, watching the replay, of course, it doesn't look great, but I know for myself there was no malice intent in going into the tackle. Uh, you know, it doesn't look great when you watch it in a slow-mo replay and obviously catch Cal McGregor on the ankle. I'm, obviously, it goes without saying, I'm, I'm glad that he, he could continue to play on the game, but yeah, certainly no malice intent for myself. And, you know... Uh, it was good that, that us as a team just picked up and, and kicked on managed to win the game 01419511025 on the phones at Clyde SSB and Twitter so much to get through tonight with Andy Halliday and Gary Caldwell Rangers in Champions League qualification last night it at one stage looked like it was going to end a lot worse but of course the Stephen Davis goal late on surely changes things so Rangers fans what did you make of the game what were the good things what were the bad things how does it set you up for Next week And Celtic fans Lots to consider For you The big news yesterday Was the signings of James McCarthy And Joe Hart There'll be no debut For for James McCarthy At the moment But potentially Joe Hart Is that one you want to see Happen straight away And how are you feeling Ahead of the game tomorrow Uh, Gary I'm sure We'll delve into these In a bit more detail But Whether they work out or not That's the bit that time Will take care of I think what everyone Can agree on that, That that was a big day For Celtic In the transfer window yesterday yeah, I think it was. I think it's clear Celtic need experience. I, I think it's clear they need tried and tested players. And both these players, for me, uh, kind of fit that bill. Joe Hart, a proven winner uh, at Man City when they, you know, they hadn't won titles for years, and he was the part of the first team that done that. Uh, and James McCarthy, a midfielder I know extremely well. He used to do all my running uh, at Wigan uh, when he was seventeen. He's obviously grown up. Uh, and and has great experience now And both of them will be vital uh, In the short term for Celtic moving forward Yeah, if you want to tap into Gary's expertise On what James McCarthy will bring Then pick up the phone 01419511025 Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB If you want to wish Andy well uh, Following the weekend also Let's start with last night's game though It makes sense So Rangers fans Pretty simple What, what did you make of it? It was clearly in parts a and a, a non-Rangers-like performance in Europe But the Stephen Davis goal at the end How much does that change things? 
How much did you miss the players that were out? What did you make of it on the night? 01419511025. Andy, what did you make of it? Uh, truth be told, I think it's probably the poorest I've seen Rangers in Europe under Steven Gerrard. That being said, I do feel it's because they've set the bar that high over the last couple of years. Out of possession, I thought they were fairly comfortable for 90-95% for of the game. First half especially, I think both teams sort of cancelled each other out. It's quite frantic in terms of tempo, but in terms of chances, neither side really created much. But uh, no, a sort of crazy five minutes, which has been so unlike Rangers over the last sort of 12 to 14 months, we're just you know, very, very comfortable out of possession. Never mind not conceding goals, not really conceding chances. But in possession, yeah, I, I thought they were really sloppy, really slack. I think Stephen Gerrard mentioned that. But big players coming up with big moments and Stephen Davis's 95th minute strike uh, I think can be tie defining because I didn't see anything from Malmo last night mm. to suggest Rangers playing towards their level we'll, we'll take care of them next week Gary, if you were to speak in general terms it would be very easy to say you know, this is the Champions League qualifier so it's, it's going to be a step up in quality but, but actually the, the frustration probably comes because Rangers have played bigger and without being unfair probably better sides than Malmo and as Andy says it they they didn't help themselves last night but plenty to play for next week yeah I don't think you can ever underestimate uh, teams in Europe you know whatever level they're at it's always going to be a difficult game especially away from home I think the goal at the end you know changes the tie completely uh, coming back to Ibrox with with just a one goal deficit if it was two Malmo could have really sat in and, and played counter-attack I think now the game will, will still be fairly open although, although they will try and defend their lead obviously uh, but I think it's something Rangers need to look at you know that flexibility uh, within the tactics uh, away from home at home how, how do they adapt uh, in Europe moving forward Uh and we'll see how they get on in the, the return leg. Right, what did you think when you watched it last night? 0141-951-1025. Stephen Gerrard says he's disappointed at the defending for the two goals. They conceded, like most people, he hopes Stephen Davis's goal um, could be a big moment. He hopes they can capitalise on that next week. Not the result that we came for. I think we lost our way completely for five minutes in the game and we were punished on two occasions. Um, we didn't defend both situations very well. Um, but I think there's a real important moment in injury time you know, that, that's gone in our favour which sets up a really exciting game next week at Ibrox you know, we wanted to come here and get a more positive result in our favour um, so we've still got a big job and a big task next week um, but the goal in injury time is certainly very helpful um, with a full, full Ibrox with the noise and the passion and, and hopefully uh, one or two uh, bodies to help us that are available next week um, it's all to play for This game's not over Right let's get stuck in On the phones then Brian is first up As a Rangers fan tonight What did you make of it Last night Brian? Well I didn't really watch I was just listening To it in the wireless But uh, I'll tell you two chances That Malmo had That was that, I didn't really Go into the commentary I didn't really think They were that great I don't think Rangers Were that great either But My point is I think At least three players shy I'd like this because on the bench last night there was only Ennis Hadji and the rest were made up with uh, youth. Uh, there's nothing wrong with youth, but I still think we need uh, maybe maybe Joey Veerman to get out of the line if we're going to sign him or somebody else, and maybe another striker to give us that wee bit different option rather than Big Hinton or the usual Morelos. But uh, I, I, still, I still think we'll get through. I'll need to do it about it, we'll still get through. Because as uh, Andy and that says, uh, we have played better teams and. I think I think I think we'll go through 2-0 That's my prediction 2-0 to Rangers I mean Andy It was 7 changes last night mm-hmm. And on one hand Rangers strength and depth Has been p- 
praised So you, you know We can't have it, have that both ways It has been praised And when you looked at it on paper it, it was still a strong team Is there maybe a case to say That it was just One or two Important players too many yeah. that, that missed out last night Yeah I think that was exactly the point I was going to make to Brian Listen I do agree with him And I do think Stephen Gerrard's been pretty open In the fact that they're going to try and bring one or two more into the door But I mean it was only three days ago That we are talking about How strong Rangers look in terms of uh, squad depth You looked at the starting 11 that played against Livingston Compared it to another starting 11 that, that never played in the game But when we're talking about the game last night And you look Rangers being slack and sloppy in possession Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara, Joe Aribo Three big players in midfield that help retain possession, and then another thing for me when you play against a team like Malmo last night, they go for a high press and leave that much space in behind. That's somewhere where where Alfredo Morelos is exploited to, to his own benefit in the last couple of years. I thought Cedric Itton did fine in the first half. I thought he held it up and uh, and brought people into play, but he was never a threat in behind and getting away from Malmo's defence, which I think was important last night with the way they shaped up. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Gary, that there has been a lot of praise given to Rangers and, and these were familiar players. Cedric Itton's had a good pre-season. Lots of Rangers fans were wondering when his time was going to come around, but he gets a start. Scott Arfield's been there many times before. John Lundstrom, new signing, played English Premier League. But you just wonder if guys that have been over the course in Europe for Rangers, like Kamara, like Aribo, like Morelos, like Ryan Jack, if, if that was, was maybe just just a slight stretch too far last night. Yeah, possibly, and I think you have to look at the profile of, of players as well. Uh, when you look at Arfield and Lundstrom, they're they're both runners. They're both uh, players that can join in from midfield. They're not really, you know, the, I wouldn't say their their strengths are receiving the ball. So that's where maybe the possession fell down a little bit. We without Ryan Jack and without Glenn Kamara, they're people who can receive the ball and pass the ball alongside Davis and Aribo. And that's where Rangers' strength has, has come from. But in that, you know, centre forward position to miss Morelos, you know, is is clearly a blow for, for any team to miss their, their number one striker. Uh and it's up to others to come in and, and do better when they get that opportunity. He's getting close, Andy. There is video footage of him jogging round the car park at the hotel at Glasgow Airport, getting himself in shape. I know as a former teammate, I'm keen to get your thoughts on uh, well I would contest the word jog um, For a start It didn't look like the quickest pace I've ever seen But uh, I wouldn't say that endurance Has ever been Alfredo's best strength But one thing I will say is I've always said that his performances in Europe For me have, have really stood out In his time in, uh, at Rangers I think playing that Although Rangers do play a 4-3-3 I think playing that lone striker role in Europe Can sometimes be a lonely place But I mean I've just seen him absolutely ragdoll Experience European centre-halves And I think that was a game last night where he really, really could have exploited Malmo's high line. And to be fair, Fashion Sakala, we've we've seen glimpses of him. It looks as if he's got electrifying pace. I think that could have been a game it could have really suited him last night. It was probably a bit unfortunate for Rangers that when he came onto the pitch, that was when Malmo really sat deep and tried to preserve their 2-0 lead. Uh, but of course, it's very, uh, very early in his Rangers career and he's not had a lot of training since he's came out of quarantine. So... That was the reason he said it and got an odd before the game. I hate to tell you, Gary, you're now of a generation of footballer who will look back and say, ah, back in my day they had this thing called the away goal rule, uh, <laughs> which, which is gone. So maybe it changes things slightly for Rangers last night, but it's staring you right in the face how important that Stephen Davis goal could be. I mean, you, you, you're looking at 2-0 down. It's so hard to stay away from that cliche about the next goal being important, but, but seriously, Rangers lose 3-0 last night. We're having a very different discussion, even 2-0. And what was it, 94 and a half minutes on the clock Do you think the Rangers players How big a lift will they have got from that? Yeah, I think even in a 90 minute game Or even in a second half If you're 2-0 down you know, On the pitch you say the next goal Is so important So 
To get that goal with still 90 minutes to play at home I think that Stephen Gerrard said it It changes the tie And the tie is very much all to play for now well, Let's bring in Alan in the Gorbals And see what he made of it Hi Alan Hi, thanks for taking my call No problem yeah, I was pretty pleased with Rangers' this performance yesterday um, There was a, a, obviously a few slip-ups I thought uh, Kent played outstanding um, Eaton played excellent uh, Davis uh, played brilliant So did Golson, I was really pleased I'm looking forward to next week um, Hopefully having a, a federal back And hopefully um, I'm looking forward to maybe a 3-1 win next week I think Well, uh, listen, Alan's... V- very complimentary Andy Halliday I'm listening to Stephen Gerrard I'm not sure he was But he would be feeling Quite as complimentary As, as Alan on the uh, line And to be respectfully honest To Alan I, I, I sort of tend to agree With the Rangers manager It's um, Listen Ryan Kent Connor Golson Boys that I've watched Lyrical about Over the last 12 months I'd say that was More on the poorer scale Of their performance I think Ryan Kent I thought Seemed really frustrated I thought Malmo Sort of stifled him Pretty well uh, Steve Davis I would agree I thought in, You know in terms of the job he does for Rangers out of possession and in possession is as composed and calm as ever and obviously like I said came up with a massive goal uh, I think that was a game where just Rangers just weren't at it as a as a unit individually um, but like I said earlier on the show I didn't see enough I, although I thought Malmo were pretty solid herself I didn't see enough from Malmo and I know that Rangers have got more gears and more levels to go to suggest that Rangers can't overturn the, the tie next week and Stephen Davis's goal in the last minute certainly you know, helps. I, I think you could only you only had to look at Mamo's reaction when the final whistle went to realise how deflated they were after that goal. They realised that going to Ibrox with a two 0 lead is massive, and they realised that the momentum shift in the ninety fifth minute sort of changed the complex of the tie. Alan, were you fearing the worst at any point? Because I don't mind kind of admitting that we were in the studio last night and at half time we were saying something similar. You know, Rangers hadn't been outstanding, but they looked pretty comfortable. You couldn't really see things going wrong. And within a few minutes of the second half, it, it was in danger of of blowing up in their face. What what do you put that start to the second half down to? I just think once again, Rangers took their eye off the ball. They I mean the first half I thought we played quite well. There was a few obviously fluff up, we did some bad passing. But I mean, and overall I thought we played well. Second half came out, they two goals, we should never I mean, we should never let the two goals in. It was just bad defending and in the Rangers side. Um, but I always thought the reason would go back to be quite honest and I'm obviously glad we got to go back again that's why I'm quite comfortable next week I think we'll win 3-1 next week but yeah it was a bit okay in the second half um, if they got another goal then I think it's game over but I'm glad that um, we obviously get that goal we needed to go into next week's game How do you assess sort of Rangers defence in, in Europe Andy because it was Unbelievable domestically. They have conceded a fair number of goals in Europe, but then there has to be room for that being inevitable because you're mm-hmm. playing better teams. And you look at some of the teams that they played; it's understandable that that they they would concede more goals. Or, or, or do you see still see differences? Is it all about the level of opposition? You look at last night, like we said, they're two very unRangers like goals to concede. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I've I've said it before, certainly last year that. You know, I I don't like comparing you know, Rangers teams to now to Rangers teams in the past. But you look at Walter Smith's Rangers team, completely different style of play, completely different identity to the Rangers team now. This Rangers team, you know, try and hold their own in terms of possession in Europe. They try and get after teams. They try and attack. So there's going to be 
you know, spaces to exploit when you're playing teams like Benfica, Feyenoord, Porto and the like, Bayer Leverkusen, the likes that they have faced. Yeah, there's been a couple of individual errors over the way. I think, you know, last night, Tavo looked back at the second goal and think he could have dealt with it better in possession. And, and the fact of the matter is, in Europe, when you make mistakes like that, better teams are going to punish you and that's what happens in Europe. Gary, this comes around almost every year for as long as I can remember and you'll, you'll have been a part of it. D- do you feel it when a team is... That bit further into their season Like like Malmo were And and you're not Does that Do you feel it Or is that something We make too much of From the outside No I, d- I definitely think It gives teams That start the season early a, a, An advantage uh, And I know it's something That I think Scottish football Has spoke about before About starting mm-hmm. earlier To give teams uh, That are in qualifying rounds That opportunity uh, But it's something Rangers have to yeah. and Celtic and Hibs and, and Aberdeen have to over, overcome when they get these these teams that aren't their season. I, I don't think it'll have any impact come come the next game. You know, Rangers are a few games in, uh, and like we said, that goal changes everything in terms of the the outlook of the tie. Tonight we had a very young bench outside Fashion Sakala. Uh, I didn't want to stick any young bodies into a game of that magnitude. I don't think that was fair. But we've had some situations in the warm-up. Yanis Hadji was unavailable in the warm-up. Uh, Joe Rebo was unavailable from yesterday. Uh, they would have been two good options. But next week, hopefully, we have three or four different faces to choose from. And we'll be stronger next week. We, we prepared for a high press. We prepared for an aggressive team, a team that works extremely hard. We, we prepared for quality in the number 10 positions. And I thought the number 9 today played really well as well. Um, so no, we, we prepared for what came our way We just didn't handle it in our best way We we didn't put in a performance that was Rangers level today um, But hopefully next week we'll improve And um, I'm, I'm sure we can find the performance we need Right, what did you make of it last night? What about next week? 01419511025 It was a big day for Celtic in the transfer market yesterday We're going to hear the f- for the first time Joe Hart as a Celtic player So get your calls in and we'll do that next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gary Caldwell are here, both waiting on your calls. 0141-951-1025. We kicked off hearing from Stephen Gerrard, disappointed that last night he said it wasn't Rangers level. What did you make of it? They'll pick up the phone and let us know. Are you still feeling confident ahead of next week? Transfer window, though, very much. In full swing at the moment Celtic fans What about Joe Hart And James McCarthy What are your thoughts Should Joe Hart play tomorrow Or not Would you chuck him straight in Any doubts You tell us 01419511025 He says he hasn't come to Celtic Expecting to be handed The number one jersey He does go into the squad Tomorrow And he believes it was the best move To reignite his career I don't think anyone's ever going to give you assurances You know that's You know when you're at a team like Celtic I don't think anyone can afford to rest on those um, you know, we all need to be pushing for the for the jersey. We all need to be pushing in the same direction, whether we're on or off the field. Um, and, you know, that's no different for me. I'm here to obviously try my best to be that guy, um, you know, and I'll, I'll leave no stone unturned to do that. But um, ultimately, it's down to the manager and down to us playing well as a team. When it became apparent that I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't really wanted at Tottenham anymore, there were a few conversations, but... Um, you have to sift through the guys that are serious, and you know the more the more we looked at it, the more we realised that Celtic were serious, and it was something that obviously I'd love to do as well. So I've kind of prided myself on these years recently of um, of not necessarily getting that starting jersey, of being 
of being ready, of being, um, you know, putting it down to the manager's decision, you know, no other, no, nothing else featuring, um, making sure the team felt comfortable that if, if and when required that I'd be ready. What do you make of that signing, Gary? You'll have come up against him many times, I'm sure. In fact, did he not play in your famous Sefi Cup final win for Wigan? He did, yeah. Uh, wasn't his fault though, was it? No, it was a fantastic header, oh, Ben okay. Watson. Uh, I think it's his experience and his character uh, that is going to be vital. I think the big test for him is can he still be a really good goalkeeper because for the last two and a bit years, he's been a bit part player since his, I think his last full season was in Serie A with Torino. Uh, so that's the the test. But like with any signing, you know there there is question marks. But for me, what Celtic needed was somebody that had experience, somebody that's going to come in with a personality that's going to say, "I can take this number one jersey," and it and it isn't going to weigh heavy on my shoulders. And I think, you know, looking for a goalkeeper, it's always difficult transfer window to find somebody that is available. For for me, he fits that bill. This time of year, Andy, it's usually a good debate where someone says, I think we need a whatever right back and someone else says, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's the priority. You would be hard pushed to find anyone who didn't think Celtic needed a goalkeeper of some description and they've got Joe Hart. What do you make of that? Well, an ex-England number one is not a bad way to start. Um, you know, I think that for me, do they improve Celtic on and off the field? Yep. You know, Gaz touched on it. I think we're at a football club that's expected to win. And then, you know, when you've got expectations to win medals at the end of the season I think experience is invaluable and I think with the two signings that they've made I think that certainly comes and then when you look at you know, maybe the lack of football that's said over the, the two over the number of the last three, four years they'll, they'll come a certain level of scrutiny under that but I think you know every signing that you're going to make at the old firm is, is going to come under scrutiny but when you look at the CV that both guys have had if they're fit, if they're willing to go and ready which I'm pretty sure they are I think it's two good signings that Celtic have made. I think personality is really important really as important, well. Yeah. You know, as as much as yes, he, he has to be able to do the job as a goalkeeper. James McCarthy has to be a good midfield player. They both have to be big personalities and come in and lift this this team, lift the club. Uh, and and to do that, you can't be someone you know that's just going to come in and and dip your foot in the water. You have to come in uh, all guns blazing. And I think. Joe Hart in particular You know Will we'll do that uh, Let's bring in Alec Who is a Celtic fan On the line Alec Would you throw Joe Hart straight in Tomorrow night Any doubts about that Hi Gordon How are uh, Gary and how uh, Andy how are we doing oh, good Not thanks. bad right. uh, Good I definitely fling him in Gordon uh, I was Obviously At the beginning I didn't think that They were going to bring A goalkeeper in Which was uh, Really worrying me uh, I could, it wouldn't have mattered what Stelic would have done this season if they didn't change the number one you know we weren't going to get anywhere when the, the news broke yesterday with James and uh, Joe the two of them signing you know what I mean that was a massive lift after what had happened on Saturday night you know what I mean and then the week before that was a massive lift I would definitely fling him in the morning night let's hear, let's hear what the manager had to say on, on that topic he's talking about getting two of his main targets in uh, Joe Hart obviously being in contention for tomorrow They are of course in the Czech Republic For that Europa League qualifier James McCarthy though training in Glasgow The manager believes Hart's arrival Can also improve the keepers already at the club Yeah I'm working on those two for a little while now And um, you know, I was keen to get them in For a couple of reasons One is you know, I think they're both um, Quality players and, and, and quality people And and secondly I knew that They wouldn't have to do any uh, 
quarantine or anything. So it's pleasing to get a, a signing and have them uh, being available. In terms of Thursday, we'll 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 have a look at it uh, again. He, he's only literally met the team, uh, you know. Um, he has been training though, and he he's presented in good condition. He'll have his first training session with the team this afternoon. I'll, I'll kind of make a decision after that. But look, I, I wouldn't have bought him in if I didn't think he could contribute to the team. As you said, with with Scotty and 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 Barky in particular, I mean, I, I just think they had a really tough year last year, and and you know, having someone like Joe around, I think will be will help them as well because he's he's a player who's played at the highest level for a long time. He's he's experienced the up and downs of 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 football and um, I think having an experienced player like him around will also assist those two. Would you chuck him straight in, Gary? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think he will go straight into the team uh, and, and like we said, he has to affect the, the, the players straight away because quite clearly the dressing room I don't think will be, you know, full of happy players. You know, things haven't gone well. So he has to come in and make an impact right from the very first training session, and and he will without a doubt go straight into the starting lineup. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I'd echo that. I'd say this. I mean, you look at uh, the weekend. Obviously, the game against ourselves. It was it was quick to throw in uh, Starfield. It obviously depends on where Joe Hart is in terms of fitness, but he's just spoken the in the media there and, and said that he's been training. He's came he's came in good condition. So I think personally, I think he'll give Celtic a lift. I think he'll give the back four a lift. I think he'll give a full team the lift. His experience is obviously going to be invaluable in another big game, which is going to be tomorrow night. So for me, I'd play him. Good, good goalies as well. Like I'm sure you feel it with Craig. That you know they're there without looking at them. You you can feel their presence. You can hear their voice. And and good goalies affect the team not just in the saves that they make, but with their 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 personality and their character by by being there and, and giving the team a presence. And and he needs to do that for Celtic right now. Yeah, I mean it's like I said to you before the show and. When Edward flicks it around the corner and James Forrest goes one and one at the goalie, I'm thinking goal. But then after it, I'm thinking, why am I thinking that? Because we've got a, a goal like Craig Gordon that does these things on the regular. It's just good goalies make big saves. And I think that Joe Hart's experience and, and big game experience and what he's done in, uh, in previous years at big clubs, I think will stand him in good stead in the Celtic career. Alec, I wonder if you can tell us how you're feeling about the Celtic squad now compared to... Say 48 hours ago Before these players arrived Have they made a significant difference To how you feel about the season ahead or not? Well Up until Yesterday We were getting the players in And then as Dan's saying They had to quarantine And we weren't really getting The kind of player With the type of experience That we're getting after Joe And James uh, I'm feeling You know At the beginning I can see what I'm just trying to do That's, that's a positive thing for me now I can see uh, obviously we were unlucky against us and I know we, we can say like, it's still very very early days but you can see it's attacking football when the keeper had the ball even when Hearts were pressing us he would, when the keeper was going along you could see Angie was slinging his hands up and down up in the air he wanted to, he wanted to play it out I think that I was right in this season half I'm not right in this season half now if we can get another three or four players in by the end of the window shutting and if we can stay on the coattails of Rangers let this team and I know it's going to take a lot longer but if we can get two or three months of gelling working together I can see it's challenging Rangers I'm not saying it's going to be easy but at least I can see it's challenging I'm more optimistic and I think that we will get the, the other three or four players that me and thousands of other Celtic supporters are looking for In terms of what you could or couldn't see at the weekend Gary I'm afraid to say it makes sense to 
bring in the guy who actually played in the game at the weekend Andy, you clearly saw up close and personal What, what type of challenge did, did Celtic provide? I thought I thought it was a game of, I thought the first half was pretty even I thought in the second half Celtic gained control of the game And, and made it very difficult for us to get out of half And you know we had very very limited you know, chances or footage to see what Ange Postecoglou has brought to Celtic and how he's how he's worked on his Celtic team to have a certain identity, certainly in possession. But we quickly found out that for the two or three games we watched, he liked his, uh, his fullbacks to come in the pitch, create an overload in midfield. And it's difficult to play against, especially for a midfielder myself. Sometimes you're up against a 5v2, 6v2 overload. But you can see that he's he's slowly bringing in his style of play at Celtic. He's, he's trying to bring in players that sort of fit that mould. And I thought I thought it was a good game of football for a neutral that for for anyone that must be watching. I think Celtic would be disappointed that they never maybe created as many chances as they'd like with the amount of possession they've had. But you've got to give credit to us as well because we made it difficult for them to do that. So I thought it was a good game, but you can see Celtic improving. Yeah, I think they are. I think for me that the, the fullbacks coming inside has been the big thing, and it it guarantees you possession. Because of the overload you create in the in the middle of the pitch and that superiority in there will always guarantee you possession. But I think I, I said it before the game and and I'll say it now. It's what they do with that possession. Now they got nineteen shots on Saturday, seven on target, which is you know a lot of shots to get away from home. But they still have to win games. And really, right now, for me, I wouldn't be as concerned about getting that possession. I'd be more concerned about both boxes. What do we do in both boxes? How are we going to score more goals? And how are we going to keep a clean sheet? Because they, they, they haven't done that this season. That has to be the the, the kind of foundation that, that, that Celtic build on. And just touching on Joe Hart, another thing about you know Postacoglu, that another question mark on him would be playing out for the back. Because Pep Guardiola, w- without even seeing him in training got rid of him for that reason because he wanted to play out for the back now I don't think you can ask Joe Hart to go into the positions that Bain was taking up and, and playing out from the back because I think that'll make him feel un- uncomfortable so it'll be interesting to see how Postacoglu uses them in that initial build up phase uh, to, to start to dominate uh, possession from the back The arrival of Joe Hart for a lot of Celtic fans they will hope it does something to their set piece Record Gary I don't know how many nights On this show last season Celtic fans phoned in To bemoan uh, The set pieces And that's of course What what cost them at the weekend What did you make of that How that played out How it should have looked And, and what they need to, to Try and address Well I, I think what I will say From a coaching point of view They clearly worked on it Because the line was Was much higher than it's been So there's There's clearly been Analysis There's clearly been work On the training pitch uh, For me it then comes down To individuals Do you know, players want to go and head the ball. Are players aggressive enough to make sure they get that first contact on the ball? And that was the worrying thing on Saturday that when the ball came in, that there wasn't too many players that really looked like they wanted to go and head the ball. Uh, positionally, I felt like they were they were too far over. They they didn't adjust the line enough, and and John Souter went in relatively free to get a free header. Bain was a bit negative in his starting position, then decided to come, then ended up in no man's land. So will Joe Hart uh, dominate that better, dictate where they are better? I I think he will. Uh, Thank you to Alec. Let's bring Paul in the Merchant City, see what he's got for us. Hi, Paul. Hi, Gordon. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Good Good stuff. Good. What's your point tonight? Thank you. I just just want to see how the the panel perceived the new signings. 
I, I agree with Gary's point about uh, you need leaders in a team, and I think those guys fall into that. You know, they're oven ready, if you like. Uh, I don't know if the panel know anything about why they weren't signed earlier, given that both of them have been available for some time now. Is there is there any any light can be shed on that? Do you think? I mean, the manager there said it's what it's they've been working on it for a while. But you, at that stage, you, you take that at face value. I wouldn't pretend to know. I'm sure you two are, are in a similar boat. Um, the timing. Any, is that of any particular interest to you? Having been a manager, agents <laughs> would be, you know, why it's possibly taking so long. It is difficult to sign football players. The English window also, they, they, they're a bit behind us, aren't they? So, you know, I feel like that's then now starting to move guys uh, on and, and bring I, I players think, in. You know, three and four year contracts, is, as much as I, th- I think they're both good signings for, for players in their 30s, it shows you. The position Celtic were in They were in a difficult situation And agents So did that know, did that surprise you The length of the deals? It does a little bit But they, they need to get the players in I think it's it's good business from Celtic By, by getting them in and, and you can deal with that at, at a later stage But that might have been Why it's been so so challenging and, and, and taking such a long time To get them in Paul, timing aside then you know, Once, once that does kind of move Into the rear view mirror do, do you think these two Will be significant improvements For, for Celtic? Yeah, absolutely. God, I, th- I mean, I think there's. I mean, it, Hugh is always going on about the living, the you know, the hyperbola capital of the world. But he he's jumping on the bandwagon talking about Celtic finishing third and all the rest. We still get James Forrest and you know Callum McGregor and, and a lot of very very good players. Uh, and Walter Smith, have you? I, I always like to give an analogy about what happens with Rangers. But um, Walter Smith came back and spent spell with Rangers, and albeit he spent. 18 million or whatever but he filled it with leaders David Weirs Lee McCullochs bringing you know Davis so I think if Celtic follow that that route it can all turn around uh, very very quickly um, can I make another controversial point about Odson Edward go for it yeah so I'm probably the only guy in the west of Scotland that thinks that uh, I mean I, I know he's going to go uh, he's still still very young and I think he's been absolutely Pilloried from every post uh, I watched the game close on Saturday night He made, I think he made Three of the chances that Celtic had And I don't think he wasted a ball All night, given the fact that Until James Forrest switched wings He wasn't, he wasn't getting any service um, He's uh, I, th- I think, you know the, the way he's been treated And, and you know, the way that The Celtic support in particular Have made them the kind of scapegoat it's, I mean, Put it this way it's going to be a long, long time before you see a player of odds and Edwards quality in Scotland. Uh, a long, long time. That Dembele was the last one, um, and he's he's he's, uh, he's countryman charm going out the door. Uh, G, you know, David Turnbull and and the like are not an upgrade on Olivier Cham. So, in my opinion, they've just been badly managed, or, or, or badly motivated. Uh, for me, I, I agree with you on Edward in terms of quality. I think he is a class football player. His touches, his movement is, you know, extremely good. I just think that now his body language, uh, he, he's leading the line. His work ethic for the team hasn't been, you know, the same for you know for a, for a number of months and, and possibly longer than that. Uh, I, like I said, I agree with you in terms of his touches and his, his class, but. For me, a, a centre-forward has to do a lot more for the team. He has to be do, the do, presence. Do you think, 
did he used you seen a difference from what he used to do because he's clearly got that style he's got that laid but looks like nothing can fluster him and that when it, when he's on it is is his great strength everybody talks about his composure then when things aren't going your way and when you're in a team that's not performing do you become an easy target I, for people to say you're not running the way you used to I, I don't think he's well we can ask the the, the the player that was playing in the game I don't think he's as difficult to play against As he has been in previous seasons Oh brilliant, thanks for that You put me on the spot there <laughs> But I, I mean, I mentioned to you before the show It's uh, well, I can't, What was the final stats out at 71% yep. possession Is that right? 71% possession I don't know how many touches Edward had But I'd imagine it wasn't what you'd think If you said Celtic had mm. 71% possession after the game But what I will say is when he gets the ball, he makes things, makes things happen. It's great improvisation. He flick it around the corner to James Forrest. He reversed a little, a lovely little reverse ball in the first half. In terms of chances for his sell, probably wasn't involved in many to, to, to try and get a goal. But when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. Now, you can look at it in two ways with, with the amount of touches he had. Is he not working enough to get in position, get in the right positions, play off the line of your shoulder, play off the, uh, play, run, uh, run the channels, especially when we've got a back three? Or was he starting to service? I don't really think it's for me to say but what I will say is you know when you're playing against Rodgers and Edward you're playing against a top quality player and you need to try and nullify him as best as you can and I thought that from a heart's perspective we've done that 0141 thank you to Paul pick up the phone right now it's a good time you could be up next 0141 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gary Caldwell and Andy Halliday are here it's 0141 we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well lots of you get in touch on there Stuart Mack just says listening from Canada mind let Gary know his brother Stephen is doing a fantastic job at helping Grow the game There we go Both in broadcasting And the head of a junior club as well There we go You can pass yeah, on they got beat by Mexico uh, Two penalty kicks In the CONCACAF Recently in the semi-final Which was Did you keep a wee eye I take it for yeah. Them. yeah he's loving it out there Coaching with the national team uh, Doing some punditry work uh, Yeah great lifestyle he's got Oh and what about this From Grant Mackay Who says Can you ask Andy Halliday If he thought Soros tackle on him Was a red card And also <laughs> This is the best bit Can you ask him to show His battle scars From that tackle he is wearing the shortest <laughs> pair of shorts I've ever seen. Just and he's actually they are short shorts. He's got a sharpie out and he's drawn arrows all around the yep. scar so that me and Gary Caldwell can't possibly miss that it. That is exactly why I wore the shorts because <laughs> I was hoping you would ask, "How did you get that big, massive twelve-inch scar in right up in your thigh?" But, uh, nah, listen, it was probably about as mistimed as mine, uh, but I don't think it was showed as a replay on Sky, so maybe that's why it's not really been talked about as much. But uh, saying that, I still don't think it was a red card. You know, he's, he's went in the same as me to try and win the ball. I've beaten with my electric pace And then he's came in late <laughs> He was doing so well there He was honestly And Andy wants to know What did you make of the noise At Tyne Castle How good was it Because you, you've been one of the biggest critics About not having yeah, fans ah, It's you, the worst thing ever it was miserable Last season to an extent What was it like? Amazing I mean I've said it before I signed for Hearts I've said it in the past I'm, I'm sure Gaz will echo it That I think Tyne Castle For me is one of the best stadiums in Britain I, I just think Because the way it's designed How tight it is How compact And when it's a when it's a sellout, it's absolutely rocking. So it was something when I signed for Hearts, I was always looking for uh, looking forward to playing in front of the fans. Six thousand certainly didn't sound like six thousand towards the end of the You've game. Been a bit so far far with I'm an ex high B. I was going to say, former Hibs and Celtic player Gary Cole. Is is it the best stadium in Britain? I never said the is. best stadium it, in Britain. It can be. It can be intimidating. It's it's a good atmosphere, but Andy's went a bit far. <laughs> right, let's bring in Bill, who's a Rangers fan on the line. Hi, Bill. Hello. Good evening to you. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Good stuff. I'm enjoying the show. It's, a, it's the first time I've listened to it. It's very, very good. Oh, I must say. You, sound very, you sound very surprised, Bill, but we're <laughs> glad to have you. What's your point tonight? 
it's, it's very good. It was skimming through the channels there today, and I came across this one, and he had Andy Halliday was on. I said, oh, well, that's good. I said, that's good. So I've been listening for a while. I said, I'll have to phone in about the, the Rangers match last right. night. But I'd just like to say to Andy, well done on Saturday night. I really enjoyed the game. Watched it. Thank you, Bill. I think you're, you're part of a minority that like me right now, but thank you. Oh, no, no. It was a, a really good game, and you played well. It was a, a great team performance. And Celtic must be kicking themselves about Craig Gordon. Now, a couple of his saves there at the end of the game. My goodness. Really, really good. Top class. Top class. Yeah, he's, he's top notch. I've, I've been very, very fortunate to play with a number of good goalies. Uh, Jordan Pickford, the current uh, England number one. Obviously, Alan McGregor and Craig Gordon, certainly. Certainly up there with all of them because he's he's a uh, he does what big goalies do and they make big saves when you when you don't expect them to. Everyone's talking about the the double save for me. I'm looking at the second save, thinking that's routine for Craig Gordon. I'm expecting him to save that every day of the week, showing off for the cameras, showing off bit, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the first one, uh, like I said, when you see James Forrest busting through into goal, you're thinking goal straight away. Mm. But it's just you no. Know, a goalie improvising which is something you don't say too much to fling his shoulder out and divert it over a barn you could see from his, his reaction what a big save it was and yeah fantastic goalie and we're very lucky to have him Right what about this Rangers game last night Bill what did you make of it? Aye I, oh, It's very doable very doable at, at Ibrox there's no doubt about that at all the only thing I was disappointed in was from Tavernier and Barisic I thought the deliveries under the box were terrible Last night And also some of the side pieces My goodness Not very good Not very good We were at the game My wife and I were lucky enough To get tickets in the ballot For the game on Saturday And you had Patterson And uh, the big lad Calvin Bassey At left back there I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't like to run into That Calvin Bassey I'd rather run into A Panzer tank Than run into Calvin <laughs> Bassey So I don't know I mean it's easy for me To criticise I mean I always is An armchair fan of that But I think maybe the dynamism and the physicality of those two players coming on at, you know, that's the stage of the game. We're playing two nothing down. Ah, but giving it a go. There's all that is you don't take your captain off, but maybe you should sometimes. But I, I'd just like to hear what Andy would think about it. Andy, yeah, I mean, you know, saying Barisic and, and Tav's delivery was poor. Something they certainly don't say a lot uh, in terms of creative fullbacks. They're certainly the best in the in the country. But yeah, I would agree, especially in set pieces. The amount of times that they never found a a Rangers head um, I think down to that sometimes with certainly the amount of bodies they had in the box I don't think they committed as many play, uh, players forward with certain deliveries but I think from a, a manager's point of view when you've got two full backs that have had the amount of assists they've had created the amount of chances they've, they've created from cross balls you know if, if, if their delivery's a bit off for the first 50-60 minutes you certainly you know expect them to turn over I actually think Calvin Bassey said that a number of times now I think he's done really well any time he's played I don't think he's let anyone down I thought he was really good on Saturday against Livingston but I thought his delivery was poor uh, Nathan Patterson he's not got a better delivery than Tav fantastic football player fantastic young prospect athleticism like uh, like Bill says next level for someone uh, his age getting up and down the pitch not really known as much for his delivery into the box like Tav is but yeah like I said it's certainly something that you don't see a lot about the two fullbacks. I think with all due respect if everyone's available that's not the front line that the no. Rangers pick yeah. but you know that that's football these things happen was was that part of of what held Rangers back or actually was it just about you know what 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 they did before that and, and then getting the ball up to those guys what did you make of the attack a bit of both um Number one, Malmo's high press made it very difficult for Rangers back four and certainly midfielders to try and get it, turn in tight areas and find the find the attackers. But with that, like I said, if a team's high press, they're leaving space somewhere and Malmo's space was left mm. uh, obviously in behind. And 
that's something that's not really going to suit a Cedric Hitton. He's someone that can bring people into play. He's, he's big, he's tall, he's a bit more of a target man than, than the, the other strikers Reigns have got. But the likes of Fashion Sakala, Alfredo Morelos if he's fit next week, Kamal Roof, they're more inclined to run channels, exploit space in behind. I think Ryan Kent was a danger at times running in behind, but for me I just thought, again, something I've not said a lot, it was an off, uh, it was an off night for Ryan Kent. Bill, it was a pleasure to have you for the first time. Will you give us a call back sometime? Could I just ask Andy what he thinks about next Tuesday night because I've got a high regard for Andy. Uh, I, like I said, Bill, I think that Rangers have showed over the last two years that they have many, many more gears than they showed last night at Malmo, so I'm, I'm co- certainly confident they'll go through. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Uh, that was Andy Halliday's Uncle Bill on the phone. It was great, great to hear from him tonight. 01419511025. That's the number you need to phone before seven o'clock to play Beat the Pundit. You can take on Andy Halliday, last season's joint champion of Beat the Pundit. Joint? Or, uh, Alex Ray claims he got the same win percentage as you. So we, we, need, we need to be fair. Um, or you could play Gary Caldwell, who was not last season's Beat the Pundit champion, quite simply. It's 01419511025, and you need to call before 7 o'clock. Let's hear you. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Play one super scoreboard. Gary Caldwell and Andy Halliday are here at 01419511025. If you'd like to get in touch, we would love to have you. We kicked off hearing from Stephen Gerrard looking back on Rangers' defeat against Malmo last night. So what did you make of that? We heard a bit from Joe Hart and Ange Postacoglu. Should he start tomorrow? What do you think? I think we've, we kind of skimmed the surface on that one. Would you throw him straight in or are you saving him? For a later date when he's a bit more settled You tell us Plenty more to come on them And of course we will look forward to other big games this week as well But first, let's do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, Beat the Pundit time Andy and Gary are both ready And one of them will be taking on another Gary This one's in Bishop Briggs How's it going? Uh, Great, thanks Are you feeling confident? Well until I answered the phone now Then it's ah, see, the, the pressure goes on No listen Please don't hang up I don't, We don't have time To scramble someone else together Keep keep, keep the bottle where it is uh, right, You've got a bit of a choice You could either take advantage Of Gary Caldwell Who quite frankly Is not as good as Andy Halliday To beat the pundit And he won't mind me saying Or You take on Andy Halliday And as a Celtic fan You get a bit of revenge For Saturday night What do you think? I'll I'll take what I can get Fair enough Uh, Heads it will be Andy Halliday And tails it will be Gary Caldwell You know the script You you know know what my tossing technique produces It's a tails every night for some reason It's a different coin tonight as well So you can't Big spender producer Callum Has just given me a pound coin Um, So Gary it is you So we'll give you some Clyde 2 to listen to And we will line up the questions for The other Gary I'm going to have to start using nicknames here Right Gary and Bishop Briggs 30 seconds You answer as many questions right as you can And if you don't know You just pass quickly And we'll skip on okay Yeah that's fine Right let's go 30 seconds Your time starts Now Jordan Jones left Rangers today To join which team? Wigan Who became permanent Celtic manager Immediately after Joe Venglos? Um, John Barnes Who do St Johnston play tomorrow In their Europa League qualifier? Galatasaray Which Russian side did Gary O'Connor Leave Hibs to join? Moscow. Which SPFL side play their home games at Stair Park? Pass. Name either side in the men's Olympic football final. 
Spain. And who is the current manager of Dunfermline? Uh, I'll pass, but okay. I know it. Yeah, you'll get it in a minute. Right, let's bring back Gary Caldwell. Gary, can you hear us? Yes. Same set of questions to you. Your namesake's not bad, by the way. No pressure. Uh, by the way, uh, I've heard Gary's are going to be Extinct. gone by 2050. That's true, yeah, I've read yeah. that somewhere. So, so you'll, you'll be flying the flag. Yeah, right, so. let's go. 30 seconds starts. No. Jordan Jones left Rangers to join which side today? Wigan. Who became the permanent Celtic manager immediately after Joe Venglos? Uh, pass. Who does St Johnson play tomorrow in their Europa League qualifier? Uh, Galatasaray. Which Russian side did Gary O'Connor leave Hibs to join? Spart- Locomotive Moscow. Which SPFL side play their home games at Stair Park? Uh, pass. Name either side in the men's Olympic football final. Uh, Canada And who's the current Dunfermline manager? Is Peter Grant Okay, okay Gary and Bishop Briggs What's the verdict? I think that last one's beat me I think we've got a problem on our hands I need producer Callum in here There's a stewards inquiry He's going to need to take place And he'll need to come in and help me out Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared basically You're much bigger than me So here he comes Look at him Here's my backup Right um, Jordan Jones left Rangers to join Wigan You both got it John Barnes was the manager oh, yeah, after Joe Vingloss. I can show off. All right, would you have got both then? John Barnes, out. Right, okay. Gary and Bishop Briggs got it. He's 2-1 in front. Galatasaray is St. Johnson. Gary and Bishop Briggs stays in front. Which Russian side did Gary O'Connor leave Hibs to join? Did you hear his attempt? Yep. And is he getting it? Yeah. He is? Didn't finish the first half. I said yeah. spa. Yeah. Spa. Locomotive. <sighs> right, Moscow. okay. Nah, Gary and Bishop that, Briggs, surely. you just blame producer Callum. He's given him the benefit of the doubt. It was Locomotive Moscow, so that pulls them level. Which SPFL side play their home games at Stair Park? Wraith. That's Starks. Stranra. Mm. Ah, see. Uh, name either side in the men's Olympic football final. You had the choice of Brazil or Spain. You've just gone for your brother's adopted country. Uh, the women, did the women not go far? I don't know. Irrelevant though Isn't it really but When you think about it Women's football is a big, <laughs> oh, big no, no, I wasn't saying yeah, women's football <laughs> I wasn't saying women's football Was irrelevant Before you get me sacked I'm talking about <laughs> Brazil and Spain The men's That was the question And who's the current Dunfermline manager You're one down at this point You said Peter Grant And Gary didn't know it So you're level We're going to go to a tiebreaker Gary you did say You would get the Dunfermline one In a bit of time Did it eventually dawn on you I was listening to a podcast About Dunfermline Not long ago and you must be fun at parties, Gary. And I can say that because Stephen Mill, our colleagues of them, Fairland fans, I like to just wind him up. I'm only kidding. I'd listen to podcasts about any sort of nonsense to do with Scottish football. Right, are you ready? Here's the tiebreaker. I'm going to read the question. I will get Gary Caldwell to write his answer down. And then Gary and Bishop Briggs, you give me the answer, okay? Yep. Right. How many Scottish Cup finals have Hibs and Hearts played in combined? Gary, show me your answer, please. How many Scottish Cup finals have Hibs and Hearts played in combined in all time? Gary, please, show me your answer. Let's see it. Okay, Gary and Bishop Briggs, what are you going? 26. Oh my. <laughs> this, make, this makes it really easy for me and this is why I don't I don't advertise what your answer is because Gary Caldwell went 25 yeah. and Gary and Bishop Briggs oh. went 26. Andy Halliday, out of curiosity? I'd say about 18, I think Gary's going to go up. 20. The answer is 31. Wow. The sign ball is on its way to Bishop Briggs. Gary and Bishop Briggs, well done to you. Cheers, thanks very much. Well done, well done, Gary. Easy. Bit, you, were, you were worried about the bottle crashing. It was easy, wasn't it? Sort of. I'll just come back on and be handing it. Thing. There you go, exactly. Hey, Try and make I like it. That. I like it. There we go. 
it's a, is it a lottery? Is it like a penalty shootout? Or are you a bit more? I don't know if I you could ever research that. Well, I was thinking Hibs have, 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 have won it twice and Hearts have won it. Six. I'll look at him trying to throw that in there. Trying, no, to, keep, trying to keep the Hearts fans so on side. Uh, we see uh, through you. 23, finals, 23 final losses to them. Yeah, there we go. It was 31 Hibs and Hearts. Mm. There we go. Combined. Right. 01419511025. We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Let's hear a bit more from Joe Hart. He says Fraser Forster encouraged him to make the move to Glasgow. He says the prospect of working with goalie coach Stevie Woods. Was a major attraction as well. Just as I'm sure Celtic have done their homework on me, I, I did my homework as, as quickly and as best I could. And you know, Woodsy got glowing reports from from all the guys that have worked with him. Um, you know, I spoke to coaches who know him as a coach. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, just from early conversations, I, I love his um, I love his drive, I love his passion for the club, and his passion for goalkeeping. We share that, so you know, hopefully, it can be a good relationship. Obviously. Going to look to work with the other goalkeepers here and all try and get the best out of each other. Uh, I spoke to Stan, Stan Petrov. You know, he holds this guy, this this place really close to his heart. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people, a lot of the, you know, you know what social media is like, you know, Robbie Keane, people like that. I've just talked of, of what they what they think of this place. Um, and like I say, it's nothing but positive. It's nothing but excitement. So obviously I want to experience that for myself. Um, you know, I want to have my own experiences to pass on hopefully in the future. I quite like that because it clearly is the way it should work but often when a player signs for a club it's very easy for them to sit and say I didn't even have to think about it it's always been a dream I had Gordon Marshall posters on my wall when I was young you know all all the usual stuff but he's saying well I I did my research on Celtic as well (laughs) the same way they did for me he's heard presumably from Fraser Forster about Stevie Woods and he he, he likes what he's getting himself into Yeah I think he's a professional guy He, he comes across as somebody that Leaves no stone unturned in terms of preparation, uh, and it shows there by by the the info and and how much he's he's dug into Celtic and and what what it looks like for him, and he's obviously then thought this is a you know the right step for him at, at this moment in his career. Something I've never really thought about. Goalies doing research in terms of goalie coaches are going to work with, but I you suppose just don't like you tie it in with players, I, I can tell you, not don't like goalies, I, never. But I suppose it, when you look at it from a, a player's perspective, you always want to know what type of coach, what type of manager, identity style of player they're going to play with. So yeah, I can I can understand where he's coming from. Um, I think the club more so probably sold them than uh, than doing any extensive research on what goalie coach is going to work under. But yeah, he's obviously done his due and, diligence. And to and be he's, a number one again, eh? Yeah, and he's, and he's uh, not been a number one yeah. for for a number of years. I think you. Try to remember how I put the question across. You <clears throat> both said, or you particularly, Gary said, you would throw him in tomorrow night. And throws maybe a bit of an unfair word as well. You know, you would play him tomorrow. Do, do you think the manager will, given what he did with Carl Starfeld at the weekend? Does it seem like his style? A hundred percent. Yeah, I don't even think it's you know a decision that's going to take much time. Uh, he will definitely start tomorrow night. There's a reason that he said that he's he's, he's looking at bringing in players that didn't have to quarantine. And it's to play in big games that Celtic have got coming up And that's a massive tie tomorrow What about James McCarthy? It's not quite as immediate because he won't play tomorrow He's he's staying in Glasgow and, and getting himself up to speed Gary, you are our James McCarthy correspondent You shared a lot of minutes with him at Wigan Give us the inside track He was a fantastic young player uh, could, could have achieved anything when I played with him Uh 
in terms of wh- where his career was going he was never going to play for Wigan uh, for the rest of his career you could see that from the very first training session technically very good uh, off both feet so even arriving from Hamilton you know to Wigan well, he, he was he was already there he had been there for right, six you, months you went first and, and had sorry his his Premier League debut was my Premier League right, debut okay. uh, against Wolves away uh, and he was brilliant he, he became Roberto Martinez used him as a defensive midfielder he actually at that point in his career probably had more in his locker but he was just so good uh, at covering uh, space stopping counter attacks he did pop up with the odd goal he scored a fantastic goal against Blackburn at, at the DW where he flicked it over with one foot and then volleyed it in with the other foot and, and a fantastic talent that I think injuries have, have curtailed where he could have went in his career and I say that you know he's played for Everton uh, Crystal Palace he's, he's played hundreds of games in the Premier League he's had a fantastic career but injuries probably stopped him going to that elite level you know top four Premier League club because when I played with him at Wigan he definitely had that potential what I mean and it is difficult now because like you say there have been a lot of injuries a lot of minutes missed and, and these things can happen in a footballer's career what what do you think his main strengths are now and, and what do you think he'll he'll bring to Celtic his main strengths now is uh, I would see as composure uh, bringing a, a calmness to the team uh, an ability to to read the game to stop counter-attacks I think he still has good legs I think the the big thing for the coaching staff's point of view is managing him uh, as an individual so managing his training loads making sure that he is available for as as many minutes as he as he possibly can be uh he's somebody that you know he wants to train he wants to work he's a he's a fantastic pro and he'll be great in and around the training ground but i'm sure the the coaching staff at celtic will need to look at him the the sports science staff will need to come up with a plan to to make sure that his weekly load allows him to, to perform at his best on a Saturday. Right, Celtic fans, what do you make of what you're hearing? You're looking forward to seeing James McCarthy playing for Celtic in the future, and would you put Joe Hart in tomorrow? Is there even a debate? Is it is it a fairly obvious one? If so, that's absolutely fine. Just pick up the phone and tell me. 01419511025. Lewis is first through, though. He's a Rangers fan in Port Glasgow. What's on your mind tonight, Lewis? Uh, hello, Barry. Hello. Um, it was just a point I was wanting to make about Tavernier in Europe and in big games. I feel like he seems to give the ball away quite easily and he tries all these wee tricks. I mean, it's okay in Scotland, but when you're in Europe, he can't be doing it. And I feel like every time he takes corners, three kicks, it always hits the first man. So it does. I don't think he's as good up front as what we think. We're putting balls into the box. So I don't. I'm surprised, Lewis, just purely because. I thought we were just off the back of a season where he was, you know, well, he won awards and 99.9% of Rangers fans couldn't praise him highly enough. And Did you feel that way last season or is, it, is this all about last night? Well, no, he had a good season, but I mean, it's, I mean, for the last two seasons now I've been watching him, I mean, that last season, I guess you can't really complain about him, but the season before that as well, defensively, he's not good enough and I just don't think he's always got to take everything as well on the park free kicks at goal corners and every time he takes a corner which I've noticed he, does, he hits the first man he struggles to get it past the first man Andy? I mean somebody set piece in uh, delivery from open play doesn't get worse in what competition you play in he's got a, he's got a good <laughs> delivery domestically means he's got a good delivery in European football I can understand Lewis's frustration off the back of last night 
But the mistake didn't come from poor defending. It was in possession. They played a slack pass into the midfield. That happens. Probably happens from every single player domestically and in Europe. But in Europe, when you play better teams, they'll punish you. So I can understand where Lewis is coming from in terms of, you know, you won't get away with many mistakes. But James Tavernier, mistakes, poor defensively. I don't think that's something you can label him for uh, over the last 12 months. I think the year before, definitely there was question marks there, 1v1 defending. He doesn't offer what he offers going forward that he does defensively. But I can't really remember. Um, you know, Arsenal in the pre-season friendly, you could argue it's, it's his mistake for the goal. Um, failing to clear his lines, I think he tried to take a touch in the box. Out with that, I think he's been part of a Rangers side that have looked extremely, extremely solid defensively. What's the solution though, Lewis? Because... Rangers' success last season is built on James Tavernier doing those jobs, so it's not going to change. He's he's going to be encouraged to to play those passes, and I guess sometimes in Europe you are against better opposition. They can punish you. How, how do you fix it? Well, I would say I'd put Nathan Patterson ahead of him. He's I'd say he's a he's a well better player. I think defensively, maybe just in the attacking role, maybe getting a couple of balls into the box. Nathan Patterson isn't there, but. I just feel defensively I feel a lot more safer with him in the team Nathan Patterson has done really well Lewis right? But he, we've really not seen that much of him What makes you so sure that he's better than James Tavernier? Because you've seen it before in football A lot of players become better the longer they're not in the team Yeah but it's With Tavernier there's a lot of slack passes off him as well he's, He gives the ball away too easy He tries all these fancy tricks in Europe and he gives the ball away He does it in, in Scotland as well But he doesn't get punished for it Because he's against lower opposition I, I honestly don't remember seeing James Tavenier try a trick in his career uh, Because he'd be as useful as me Trying to do a trick on a football pitch It would not look good um, Nathan Patterson, I've said it umpteen times now His breakthrough season was, was remarkable He was very, very good He's someone that were crying out to be involved in the national team I think now that Rangers have realised For the first time in the five years that five six years that James Tavernier is there, they've got an able replacement. If James Tavernier is not available, he's he's injured. James Tavernier is off the back of an incredible season. He started the season this year with two assists against Livingston, albeit Livingston domestically, whatever. He made a mistake uh, last night, but it was a mistake. It's still very early in Nathan Parsons. And to be honest, Nathan Parsons an attacking fullback. I don't think we should get it mixed up and say that. Nathan Patterson will offer you a lot more defensively. He's actually very, very similar in mind to James Tavernier, but a bit more driving with the football for deep uh, in terms of James Tavernier being wide and putting crosses into the box. I think that's just more... Guys, you probably back me up, it's just the modern-day fullback these days. Where Rangers negate that is how their, their midfield free work. They often slide across as a unit. They double up in, uh, in wider areas, so very, very rarely Rangers fullbacks are ever even exposed 1v1. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> James Tavernier's just off the back An unbelievable 12 months He's made a slack pass Into the midfield range Has been punished We can't now be calling it We shouldn't be playing Other things that happened Thereafter as well Gary as well You know it wasn't Yeah I mean yeah I'm sure it, it, it does go down As a mistake But not One where it's solely His fault Would you say no, For me I think he's Going forward I think he's been a revelation uh, To say his crossing's poor I, I, I don't see it I think he is a fantastic Technician at hitting a football Whether that be a cross or A direct free kick Whether it be a shot He's got a fantastic range uh, fr- From his right foot I agree a little bit defensively I think he could be better uh, Stopping crosses I think he could defend the, the back post better But those Have been fleeting Occasions last season uh, and, and I think going forward He gives Rangers so much 
that that you can live with that. And and most modern day fullbacks, the weakness is defensively. And I agree to think that Nathan Patterson is going to be something different. Only time will tell. But uh, I I, th- I think it's very harsh on on last night's show to to say that. Thank you, Lewis. We can't always agree, but good to have you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Pick up the phone. Let us know how you're feeling tonight, and we'll give you a bit of trivia, a full time teaser, an easy one though. I think coming up next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gary Caldwell are here. You can join us on the phones or on Twitter. Got a, I think a fairly straightforward teaser for you. Not too many answers tonight as well, right? So we're only looking for the six. And let me as always start by thanking Graham in where is Graham? And again, I've got the email here somewhere. Graham and Irvin for sending this one in. Thank you to Graham. Can you name the la- the last six players to win the English Premier League and also have played in Scotland at some point? So this is, I guess, topical. It's a tribute, if you like, to Joe Hart, who will add to this list at some point. But can you name the last six players? To win the English Premier League And I've also played in Scotland at some point I'll just take one each Casper Schmeichel Casper Schmeichel, well done Gary Caldwell, any that spring to mind? The last six The last six The most recent six I hate these <laughs> uh, I'll go Andy Cole No Played in Scotland? <laughs> what? what? Played in Scotland? That could, no. that, Andy Cole? That's one of the worst answers I've ever heard Is Gordon the... Diel what's turned up with it? Ian Wright, sorry No Last six and that's at least we're at least in the realm of somebody who played up here. Yeah. That's a good start. <laughs> um, I told you I'm not great at these. <laughs> what I noticed. You said one each, now you've you you're looking at me I'm as if you want Andy. one off me. Uh, you get all six here. You've got a reputation to keep up. I can leave it with I'll you. Get it, I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I'll give you some are. thinking time. The last six players to win the English Premier League and have also played in Scotland. How 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 far point. back have we gone? I'm not willing to tell you that at the all moment. Right. I will maybe divulge. Right, after. so like Roy Keane. No, right. not quite. So, uh, you give me a roundabout era. Yeah, so you're not far off. That he would be close to the cut off, I think. Right, okay. All right. Um, right. Who should we go first? Colin is a Rangers fan from Wisher. How's it going, Colin? I'm not bad yourself. Yeah, not bad at all. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to about the previous caller about Tav, where he was saying, "Says he's not really kind of good. He's doing kind of tricks in that." I thought Tav was faultless last year. Last last night he just made made a few loose passes. I says, but so did the, the whole team. I says, so I just thought the previous call. I was just, I don't know what it was taking, what it was eating, or something. It's just wrong. I mean, uh, certain themes just develop, don't they? Where, and by the way, you, you're you're absolutely allowed to phone this show and say you don't think James Tavernier had a good game or a good mm-hmm. week or a good month, whatever it is. Of course, but but there will just be certain themes. Andy, there has always been a thing about James Tavernier that he won't always shake from from everyone. He had gone a long way to doing it last season, and then when you mention, you know, Nathan Patterson is the solution again. Another theme that we 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 explore in football sometimes is guys get a bit of hype can build up when when they're actually not in the team and people yeah. feel like they should, and then that that builds up. Are we seeing a bit of that? Yeah, I think as football fans, and I'm guilty of it myself, sometimes we can be very reactive. So if, uh, if a player's had a bad game, he's made a poor mistake, and it's cost your team three points or knocked out a competition, you, you know, you can you can quickly turn your opinions on a player or who he should replace or whatnot. 
to be honest I think it's a, a similar situation to what I've heard over the last couple of weeks about Stephen Kelly again spoke very I spoke very highly of him last week somebody I trained with somebody I, uh, I, I did a little bit of coaching with day to day top prospect top player but after six a, a very very good 70-80 minutes a, a game against Brighton people and then starting to talk about playing him and starting him in the midfield area of the pitch where Rangers are extremely strong Nathan Patterson Stephen Kelly they, these kids times will come they're the, they're the future of the football club but right now they've got players in front of them that are big big players for the football club James Tavenier's the captain someone that led by example on and off the pitch last year I think it was 18 assists already started off with two at the weekend no the midfield we've, we've spoke how how strong Rangers midfield is the the the, the the time will come for these kids. You just have to be patient and try and not be too reactive when players have a, a, a dip in one performance. Uh, let's go back to, to Colin and how you're feeling about the tie overall, Colin, the Stephen Davis goal, I think. Does that, that make you feel a whole lot better? I think the Stephen Davis goal uh, kept us in it. I think if it went down, if we were doing nothing down in the second leg, I think, I think it would have been a bit tougher. But I think the goal, Davis scored... 94th minute 95th minute I think that's going to it's going to help them put it back in the balance again I think Rangers I think Rangers can do it Did that wee spell after half time surprise you? It's not something we see too often from Rangers although having, having set to immediately contradict myself I suppose in Europe there have been a couple of quick fire doubles that they've that they've conceded but usually against in the different sides Malmo up until that point it looked like a fairly even game and then all of a sudden it almost got away from Rangers didn't it? I think I think the two goals that came was, was obviously a quick succession but as Andy says uh, Ryan Kent he never had the greatest game last night and Ryan Kent Ryan Kent runs at defenders and last night I think he kind of tried to do it he was getting a ball stuck under his feet says the defenders had him kind of together so it's just that I think I think we'll do it at home. Especially best if Phil House fifty one thousand at Ibrooks. I says I think it'll be uh, that'll put them off, I think. But yeah, noise. I actually noticed Andy and we I think we spoke about it earlier on. Ryan Kent has got the type of style where he he's gonna to have to beat people. That's yeah. his game. He's gonna try and eliminate them one on one and Take it to any level of football if you like It just doesn't happen all the time Even the best wingers in the world It just doesn't come off every time And when it doesn't It obviously looks bad Because it's a It's like a high risk Yeah style, Yeah for sure it? But I mean it's like I said As football fans And I, I'm guilty of it myself Sometimes you can be reactive But if you actually look back uh, I think Gaz will be the same And you actually look at Ryan Kitt's performance last night Although it was poor I thought he tried to make a difference He still looked lively Any time he got it He tried to drive at the back four He tried to play passes To try and make a difference And create chances for Rangers It was just one of the nights Where it didn't go off I see it for the top players in the world Bruno Fernandes For me is a perfect example Bruno Fernandes could give, the away, could give away the ball 30 times in a row But he'll still keep trying to do the right things And eventually come up with an assist Or a goal in the last minute I think that was a A game last night Where just nothing would come off For Ryan Kent But he would still keep He would never hide He would still try and do what he could to try and affect the game but I think that it's, it's wingers you know wingers as we talk about wingers being consistent Rankin's been extremely consistent over the last year it just it never happened for him last night along with quite a lot a few players which like I said it's, it's not been it's not something we've associated with Rangers in Europe over the last couple of years uh, Thank you very much that was Colin 01419511025 we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB um, let's bring in Bill, who's a Celtic fan on the line How's it going Bill? Not too bad, not too bad What's your point tonight? 
Um, it was to do with a, an article I saw on Google today regarding Juninho, who played for Michelin against Celtic. Apparently, he, he was facing, a, or he, he was charged with a, an eight-game ban um, while in Brazil. And when he played for Michelin against Celtic, he was actually ineligible because he still hadn't served out the fullness of his ban. Um, what did the panel think should happen as a result of that? What do you think should happen, Bill? Go on. I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm asking. In, in the past, uh, Legia Warsaw fielded an el- ineligible player and Celtic were awarded the tie. And then there was another occasion, um, I think just prior to that, uh, where another in- ineligible player was uh, was played against Celtic and Celtic were awarded the tie. So, um I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really dumbfounded as to what, pardon me, what you are going to do about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think the timeline is what may well save Michelin, if you like. I mean, Michelin issued a, a statement on it. They put it on the website talking about the Brazilian Football Federation had handed out these bans. It was quite a remarkable incident, by the way, if you've seen the footage of it on online. Um, they say FIFA's disciplinary committee met yesterday afternoon And that's when it was decided that they would confirm That they would ban these eight players um, That information was then passed on by UEFA a few hours ago Which is why he was forced out of, of last night's game As well as the next five matches across all tournaments But presumably why he was then As far as Michelin were aware Fine to play against Celtic, Gary I get why it um, it sparks a little bit of interest And and Bill's right, it wasn't so long ago Liga Warsaw was at that game And I remember the fallout from that And, and Celtic, you know, benefiting from it I guess it's in the, the hands of UEFA at the moment Yeah, I think so I think the rules will be pretty clear That if he is ineligible Then, you know, and he has played Then they probably will be be thrown out of the competition But if if that's what's came out yesterday Then, then clearly he was eligible at, at, at that time So I think the the rules are clear on it, and I agree. If if somebody shouldn't be playing in the air, then then I think everyone knows what what would happen. Yeah, it just may well be the the, the timing, Bill. Is is that something? So you is that is that a hope that, that that happens? Is that the way it works when your team's involved? It's, it's not that. It's just the fact that you know they're saying that well, UEFA only made the decision yesterday. Why was it not brought up before? Because obviously, when the player's registration comes over from one country to another. I would imagine that things like bans are included in that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to the wording of that statement, I think their was it Michelin's explanation is that that was still just passed on by by the Brazilian football authority. I think. I mean, it says that there's a ruling understood. It was upheld by Brazilian Sports Court on fifteenth of July. So yeah, that, that that bit's a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I think it's going to be have to be a case of of Watch this space I, I think that's about all we can say on that one But I don't If Well I was going to stick my neck out There's no point Because I'll probably get it wrong But it doesn't seem at the moment Like it's Similar to Ligia Warsaw In the sense that, that Celtic will benefit from it Might be wrong Yeah uh, It's very can, difficult can for me to like comment Andy? on it um, I, I heard about it through a, a forwarded text On a group chat And uh, you get forwarded a lot of stuff in a group chat That sometimes you don't know the full Full situation, so it's hard for me to comment. Did you say it was the Brazilian uh, federation that? Yeah, and then they then of course have to the pass ban? that on. Yeah, so 
obviously I'd imagine there's some some stipulations and complications through that. It then gets over passed over to UEFA. If UEFA confirm that after the tie, I don't think it changes much. Uh, you know, Bill's quite right to to bring up times in the past where teams have been thrown up the competition. I don't think it's ever happened after a team's went through and then played the first leg of the next round. So how would it work from that? I don't know. It's very, very difficult for me to shed on any light on it, but I'm sure UEFA will do the 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 do diligence and, and investigate it further. Yeah, so Michelin clearly feel like he was fine to play in those games and, and is now not. Um what about oh having said that though, did you and I know a lot of people suspected this PSV would have been some challenge for Celtic. They three 0 up within 20, 25 20 minutes, minutes against Michelin last night, Gary. Fairly took care of Galatasaray, which I was surprised of as well. Thought it'd be mm. a relatively you'd fancy PSV, but I thought it'd be a, a tough tie for both teams, but they look like a very good side that you know, if if Celtic struggled with Michelin, then that would have been a, a totally different mm. proposition. What do you make of these signings, Bill? Because you will, of course, go into uh, qualifying tomorrow night out there in the Czech Republic. Does Joe Hart have to start for you? Does he go straight in? Yeah, yeah, I think Joe Hart should obviously go in straight away. I was just a bit disappointed that we <clears throat> signed James McCarthy when a centre half was a was probably, in my opinion, more uh, more necessary. I think we could maybe assign somebody like Cahill who is uh, on a freedom of contract mm. and uh, to me he's the ideal type of guy to bring in there someone with plenty of experience he obviously knows Joe's, Joe Hart from his days playing for England you know so I thought that wouldn't have been a bad shout but McCarthy's probably one it's okay but I would rather have had a centre half in Celtic needs so much Gary that it's it's kind of hard you know you're never going to get them in that particular order which pleases everyone you know where okay goalkeeper first then right back then left and so on they, they, they just need a lot it's just a numbers game at the moment isn't it yeah I think they'll be spinning a lot of plates at the moment I think they still need at least six players I'd agree Gary Cahill I think would be a, another fantastic signing uh, the right type of character that relationship with Joe Hart in terms of they, they know each other which which always helps but uh, but I think they need two fullbacks are are vital uh, that they get them and fullbacks that suit the manager's playing style. I think they need you know a, a striker, two if Edward leaves, another wide player. So for me, there's there's still a lot of recruitment still to be done for Celtic. Uh, here's what the manager had to say on that. He's now made four signings since he took over. He says there is still a lot of work to be done. There's a number of players we need to bring in in different areas. We're still light on in certain areas of the park um, that, you know, we still need some strengthening uh, both, uh, you know, in depth as well as as quality. So, um, no, we're still, you know, the club's still working really hard. I mean, you know, it is a difficult uh, market and a difficult time to do deals. So, you know, we've kind of done uh, five now and there's a pretty short space of time. So... Whilst it feels like an eternity, um, the club is working hard to try and get things over the line and, and certainly doesn't stop with the last two. We've we, we still got some business to do. I would hope it's happening you know, every minute of every day. Um, will it conclude? That That's the one where, you know, and it's not because, I mean, people have asked me in the past these questions and, and about when they're going to conclude and about different individuals. I just don't want to, you know, say, give any false expectations because I've just seen already how, Delayed the process can be And sometimes it's totally out of our controls 
Thank you Bill It's 01419511025 On the phones uh, Just a quick reminder If you're just joining us Or you've missed any of tonight's show Remember you can listen back With the Super Scoreboard podcast Brought to you by Taggart's Motor Group You can get it on the Clyde One app Spotify And uh, most of your other podcast platforms As well We do still have a bit of work to do tonight We're looking for the last six players To win the English Premier League And have also played in Scotland At some point Guys like Casper Schmeichel I think I've got three more. Any do you want? One. Can you give all five? Well, you'll be able to get one once I say one. Ready? Virgil uh, van Dijk. So who, who would you? Andy Robertson. There we go. Look at that. And ju- what beautiful teamwork. You're halfway yep. there. We'll get the other three next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gary Caldwell and Andy Halliday are here You can still get in touch on the phones Plenty of time Tweet us as well And we're on this full time teaser now Let me please remind you If you've got a question or an idea for a question And you'd like to hear it The address you need is full time at Clyde1.com So tonight Thanks to Graham and Irvin The last six players To win The English Premier League And have also played In Scotland At some point So guys like Casper Schmeichel Virgil van Dijk Andy Robertson Andy King oh, good show. I was hoping That's one you would Forget about I must admit He can't have played Often for Rangers I did think he? it was one start I remember he Came off a bench In the cup Against his Fife um, And I think it was One start in the league yeah, Other than that I can't really remember Andy King That's a great shout Anymore I'm just, Gary is Trying to avoid I'm, my I'm, gaze I'm, I'm backing Andy up did, here Did Mark Albrighton Have a, a loan spell in no, Scotland? No, no. I, I, I wrote him no. Two to get There's got to be A man new one in there Got to be I think so No I, I'm just I'm not, well, I'm not giving off. anything away Okay I'll leave it with you You've got two more to get there is a kind of weird debate about one of them oh, actually. No, 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 nothing that don't, you don't two, do. nothing that you two have to worry yourselves about. It's still a fairly obvious answer. There's just a wee bit of explanation that needs to come. No, I shouldn't have said anything. Forget it. Right, I've just confused you. I've confused you. Listen, he's is an obvious name. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's take a quick look at tomorrow night. Well, I think we've clearly looked at what Celtic are going to do and should Joe Hart play and and all the rest of it. We mentioned Galatasaray beaten. Convincingly by PSV Yep What a trip that is For St Johnson Well St Johnson's last trip Was a 2017 First round exit To a Lithuanian team uh, It's a fair step up Against Galatasaray uh, It's a very very difficult tie I think St Johnson Will just be absolutely delighted To be back in European competition But I can't imagine First first leg away as well It's going to be a mm. A hostile atmosphere Probably a game Of a certain magnitude That uh, not many of the St Johnson players would have played in uh, with, with, with fans like Galatasaray so it'll be a difficult game um, obviously from a Scotland uh, for a national and Scotland point of view uh, hopefully they go there and you know represent what they've done really well last year because the, the, I mean the last six months the story at St Johnson was remarkable so uh, they fully deserve to be in the competition but it's going to be a big big ass for them I like how the SPFL scheduled a trip to Dingwall first Gary, just to try and... I mean, it doesn't get any more different than that, I don't think, with no disrespect to the good folks at Ross County. Uh, St John's up there at the weekend. I'm fascinated by this one. Just because of what they did last season, would it surprise you if Callum Davidson pulled something out of the bag? No, it wouldn't. After what they did last season, uh, 
they're clearly a very good cup team to win both domestic cups is a remarkable achievement for you know Callum in his first season uh, and, and a club that you know had only won was it one uh, Scottish Cup in their in their history uh, phenomenal achievement and hopefully like Andy said they, they go and give a good account of themselves and uh, do, do the country proud uh, and then of course Hibs against Rijeka Bidablik against Aberdeen so those two came through well Aberdeen slightly different having to lose the second leg last week but had the job done in the first and Hibs looking pretty comfortable albeit in a tie you would expect them to win and then showing up quite convincingly in a cracker at Fir Park at the weekend Andy Yeah I thought it was a great game uh, you know for the first game week of the season I think we'll look back in a number of months time and say that was one of the best games of the season I thought it was extremely entertaining um, you know after 20 minutes I was thinking of that classic at Fir Park between the two sides because both teams were, were, were fairly going at it I thought Mullerwell were, were excellent in the first half uh, I think Hibs' quality shone through and really dominated the the second half, but it's going to be a tough tie for them. Uh, you know, Rejeka third in the Croatian league. Uh, we know from uh, when I was at Rangers a cur- uh, three years ago when we played Osijek, who were a very, very good side. Um, and that was a really, really tough ask. But Rejeka, you know, they, they made the Europa League group stages last year, playing against the likes of Napoli, Sociedad. Uh, I think the other one was AZ Altmar. They knocked Aberdeen out a couple of years ago, 4 now. So it's, uh, it's going to be a, a big, big ask for Hibs. But I think the, the first leg's massive for them. Yeah, looking forward to that, Gary. Like we said, this is, although you know, domestically, I'm sure remains the the priority. There's there's a great chance there. Jack Ross is looking to take his Hibs team to that next level. Stephen Glass, it's a a new era for him with Scott Brown in there and all his European experience. So a, a chance for them, and especially the new the new tournament as well, to go and try and and do something. Yeah, I think both clubs. It's a a big season for them. Uh, Obviously in Europe they, they want to go as far as they can But domestically Both clubs won at the weekend uh, And they will be challenging for, for that third spot again for me And I think both clubs are You know Got young managers uh, they're, they're trying to play Attractive football Attacking football And hopefully They, they can take that In the European stage and, and, and do well Yeah really looking forward To tomorrow What a night of European action uh, We've got Jablonets Against Celtic I think it's a 4.45 kickoff. Uh, a bit later on Galatasaray against St Johnston And Hibs Rijeka Breedablik Aberdeen as well So it is all happening Let's bring in Andy Who's a Rangers fan on the line Hi Andy How you doing boys Alright All good what, What's your point yeah. tonight uh, I just I know, I know we didn't play Anywhere near the best uh, Last night And we'll give ourselves A chance now But I've not heard any money. We've got a game on Saturday Before we even play Malmo again You know Nobody's been mentioning that I mean this is a big game For us on Saturday before we get, you know, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves here. Uh, to, because the league is, I know we like to qualify for the Champions League now, but the league this year has got to be the priority, surely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, I was going to say the beauty, it's not always beautiful for our, our teams, but at this time of, you arguably get some of your biggest games of the season come last week in July, first week in August, because yeah. they set, especially now, this is Rangers going for the Champions League and all the riches that it brings. Of course you need to get your league season off to a good start as well It's not easy I think the league campaign's the priority every single year for the old firm But, you but know, you've got European another 35 foot- yeah. games to make up And for with it. European football comes, you know, like you said, riches uh, beyond belief um, From from what you hear within the football clubs And it's, it, goes, it, goes, it goes a long way financially for both teams And uh, it's, it's a competition that Rangers haven't played in for a number of years now So... 
I'm pretty sure that, that Steven Gerrard on his side after two fantastic runs in Europa League would, would like a good crack at it and, and like I said it's when you, you when you watched them against Malmo last last night, yep, it is a Champions League. You know you're going to be, put, be facing top opposition, but when you look at the teams that Rangers have faced in Europa League over the last couple of years, your Portos, your Feyenoords, your Benficas, you know, Rangers are, are, are more than a match on their day for these sides. So I think they'll be very very disappointed with their showing last night, but you know more than aware that, that they've got another couple of gears to go I mean Gary in many ways that's why we obsess about the transfer window and who's coming and who's going because you're, if you're a team like Rangers or Celtic you're trying to build a squad that can handle all, all of that Rangers make seven changes last night and didn't yeah it didn't quite go to plan I mean they lost the game but it, it wasn't like they had to field a ridiculously inexperienced team within that seven changes that's what you're trying to achieve is it not? Yeah, I think when you're fighting in Europe and uh, at home, you have to have a squad that can can cope with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, uh, and Rangers have that. I think they have built a squad that that's capable of doing that. Obviously, when key players are missing, then any team's going to suffer and, and going to find that difficult. I think the the league form will, will take take care of it, it itself. Really, I think I, I watched Dundee United against Aberdeen and I thought they were they were poor. Uh, so I think I think they'll uh, go into that game and 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 kind of try and win that game and then focus on Malmo after that. Andy, is it too simplistic to say that last night showed how much Rangers miss Alfredo Morelos, or I mean, how much emphasis would you put on that, or is it a combination of the fact that it was him and Roof and various others? It was a combination, but I think in Europe, Alfredo Morelos has been Rangers' best player for the last couple of years. You know, two seasons ago, 14 goals in a uh, Europa League campaign. It's the most in the club's history. Um, and then last year, some some fantastic performances as well. And, you know, we, we talk about the importance financially. It's important to keep a hold of your best players as well by qual- uh, qualifying for the Champions League. And it's also important for the rest of the rec- recruitment that Rangers are going to make from now to the end mm. of the transfer window. So... It's uh, Rangers will know it's a massive tie. Of course, league's a priority, but you know when you're at big football clubs, there's, there's certainly more than one. See, that came across as really seamless. What I'm going to admit is that that question was for Andy on the line and not Andy Halliday. Oh, but apologies, but, 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 apologies. No, no, listen, you answered it beautifully, and I, I I I might have even got your thoughts on it after. So we'll just do it in the opposite order. Uh, Andy on the line, what do you think, Morelos? How important to get him back? Oh, I'm definitely a big Alfredo uh, fan. Definitely. Uh, you know, we hopefully we'll maybe get a game this uh, Saturday, and I agree with what Andy was saying about that. I mean, Abbasi, he is class, but it just needs to work on his delivery against Levy. I mean, some of the what he's got, him and Rebo, the footwork they've got is absolutely amazing. But especially Bassi's final ball, I think he put about four or five crosses in, and I think one got was well. But the, but listen, Alfredo, I definitely need to keep him. Honestly. Great stuff. Thank you very much. That was Andy on the line, 01419511025. Jot it down and give us a call back tomorrow. I would be wasting your time by squeezing you in tonight because we're running out of time. Uh, right, two more on this teaser. I, I, I had one. Um, oh, Ali Adair? No, that's Hugh uh, Keevan's favourite name to try and pronounce. He likes to show off on his, no, his French well. pronunciations. Uh, I'm toiling then. Toiling. Hmm. Okay. And show you some clues. Fullbacks, man. I think a fullback. Uh, no. <laughs> both, both former Celtic players. Um, goalie, Swedish, Hedman. No. What? How no? These are getting worse. Yeah, a year ago. No, 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 no. no. Did he win? Yarisic. No. 
You're at least getting closer. That's a good shout. Headman's that was terrible. That's the worst answer I've heard. That's not a bad shout. When did he win the English Premier League? With Chelsea. When? Mourinho. Yeah. And did he definitely win it? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um he's not on the list, that's what you need to know. Um, However, what country is he from? Who? Headman? Sweden. Ah. Oh. Oh. Henrik. Larson. Yes. Now that's the one I did say because he didn't play, I think he only played the about... six months, wasn't he? Was it about seven games, ten games? But there was the story. Remember, Man United gave him a medal. Tried to get him a medal because he, you know, he contributed. So Henrik Larsson and the one remaining one, Celtic under Brendan Rodgers. Wow. They're the he's part of the second most famous set of brothers in football behind the Caldwells. So the Caldwells are the most famous. They've got the catchiest song. And then comes the Neville. Oh, Colo Turi. Colo Turi. Who's ever going to make up a song, a, good, a catchy song about the Neville? That's a good one. Uh, Colo Turi. Right. Thank you, Gary Caldwell and Andy Halliday. Thanks to you, though. Always enjoy your company every night of the week. Really enjoyed the, the calls and the tweets. And to those of you who just sat at home quietly and listened as well, we really do appreciate your company. It is a big night in Europe tomorrow with Celtics and Johnson, Hibbs and Aberdeen. All in action And you just never know What's going to happen During the transfer window As well So make sure you join us From 6 In the company of Gordon Riel And Mark Wilson And in the meantime You can just stay right there And Callum Gallagher Will be up next <laughs>